Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're gonna be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. Alright guys, what is going on today? We are going to be in our happiness section. We are going to talk about step one. And this is something today that I do not believe that you can actually even begin working on or thinking about happiness and all the other things that kind of go into a fulfilled, happy life without these first steps. And so what we're going to talk a lot about today is ourselves, is just self. And so we're going to talk about self-awareness. We're going to talk about self-confidence. We're going to talk about self-acceptance and grace. We're going to talk a little bit about how society puts pressure on these things and what our culture is doing to these things uh, that makes life a bit of an uphill battle and happiness a bit of an uphill battle, which is borne out in the statistics on, you know, things like depression and suicide, uh, but also I think just borne out in the everyday, you know, health and well-being, stress, anxiety, uh, work-life balance, some of these things that, you know, divorce rates and some of this stuff that just really you know, honestly, is not trending the right direction. And I really think as a society, these are the markers and the metrics that really matter. Like if we are going to, how are you going to measure a society? You know, um, I think youth health and youth mental health and things like suicide rates and anxiety and stress and some of these things in kids and in people under really 40 or 50 uh, is a really telltale sign. Like we should not be a society with all of the things that we have, with all of the abundance and all of the technology and all of the intelligence and this amazing, beautiful land that we have and the earth and all this stuff, like we, we should not be struggling so hard from a mental health perspective. Like things should be easier than they are. And so I think where this all starts for people is first and foremost is self-acceptance. And I think our culture is doing a real big disservice right now with, we're going to start with sort of the, the quote unquote hustle porn culture, or, you know, in the fitness industry, it's like fit influencers and really fit, you know, it started before that with the magazine trend and before that with like Schwarzenegger and, you know, Mr. Olympia and some of those things. But, you know, putting pressure through these sources onto other people to make people feel like they are not enough. And then you take it a step further and you start looking at some of these cancel culture things that have happened throughout the past year and people losing their jobs or not making a team or getting kicked off of something because of something they did a lifetime ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's so unfair to do to each other everybody's got decisions that they made in the past that they are not proud of. And everybody's got decisions that they probably make every day and every week that they would maybe do a little bit differently in hindsight. And yeah, some mistakes are maybe more indicative of who people are as a person. But I think it's so interesting when you start to look at society and the way that they approach things from like a grace perspective. As there are some people that we do give grace. 
And so I heard a story the other day. One of my favorite podcasts was telling a story. It might have been Tim Ferriss. I think it was. Uh, was telling a story about how one of his best friends had a knee surgery. He was like world-class athlete and had a knee surgery and really didn't even want to get the knee surgery. But the doctor, re- doctor recommended it anyway and was experiencing a lot of pain afterwards and ended up being prescribed opioid painkillers and became addicted to opioids, got into heroin, and ended up overdosing and killing himself uh, from this opioid thing, right? And you can listen to that story and you feel bad for the person. You feel bad for uh, the the addiction of drugs. That's something that we grant people grace for. That's as we look at things like alcohol addiction and alcoholism or any sort of drug related addiction problem. If it has addictive properties, we're okay. Usually as a society to grant people a little bit of grace with those things, because we know it's a little bit out of their control. Yet sometimes when it comes to grace for things like, you know, health and well-being, working out, eating healthy, loving your spouse, things that we know none of us are perfect on. We all say things to our significant others that we maybe would word differently or take back a little bit or wish we hadn't said ever altogether. We all go through periods where we don't work out with, you know, the right intention or focus or zeal or vigor, or we have large periods off or we get injured. We all have periods where we don't eat healthy, but people don't grant themselves grace on those things sometimes. They let them become a stressor and they involve their lives with things that maybe even make it more of a stressor. And so if you're not working out and you're not feeling too great, you know, let's say you just had a baby and let's say working out right now is in the back of your mind as it should be your priority at that point. Let's say your mother, your priority at that point is taking care of your child. And as you go through that process, You may or may not feel like exercising. You may or may not have the motivation to get up and do that. And then if you get on Instagram or you get on social media and you start looking at pictures and you follow a lot of people back from the days when you used to work out a lot and you follow a lot of people who are, you know, look great with their shirts off and are posting pictures of them on vacation in a bikini. And you're looking at that and, you know, you're sitting in a rocking chair, a little bit underslept. It's easy in that experience to get down on yourself and to not grant yourself the grace in that moment to say, it's okay. You know, I I don't need to make every decision perfect right now, today. You know, time will come in the future where I will be able to work out again and I'll have motivation again in the future. And this really is what we're going to talk a lot about is granting yourself grace in the moment But holding a really firm, incredibly strong self-belief and confidence in yourself above all else that you will do in the future. And this is something I've been working a lot on. You know, for those of you who know me, it's probably not going to surprise you much. I'm a bit of a workaholic. 
always have been really since since I got into the army. And I really found that, you know, with hard work comes success. And when you start to experience that a bit over and over and you start to become successful in multiple endeavors uh, and those successes bring you happiness and bring you joy and bring you people in your life who you enjoy being around, you're more motivated to continue to work hard and, and stay incentivized in that way. But just like everybody, I have times where I feel lazy, where I feel unmotivated, where I don't want to do anything. For a long time, I had this itching, burning feel in the back of my head that like I was getting behind if I wasn't getting ahead. If I was working or taking time off, that I was not achieving, that I wasn't moving forward. And lately... I, and obviously, you know, now I've, I've been doing, you know, the gym thing for 11 years and, you know, I have a lot of confidence built up on the fact that, you know, making it through COVID and making it through all the things that we've done in the big progression of, a, a, you know, 10 or 11 year small businesses, I have a little bit of, you know, relaxation now to just say on a day where I feel lazy and I don't feel like doing anything and I just want to lay around Maybe just watch a movie or go for a walk, take a vacation. It's okay because I know that I will have times where I feel like and I want to and I'm incredibly motivated to work asinine amounts of hours, you know, to, to really put in a ton of extra effort and energy to something. I know that that will come because it always has. And what I've found is that as I let myself relax a little bit more, as I give myself a little bit of grace, as I let myself give in to that laziness, give in a little bit to that lack of motivation, and when my body's telling me and when my mind is telling me to tune out for a little bit, to really tune out, like lean into it, then what you find is when you do have that rush of motivation, when you do decide, I want to start doing now, I, I want to tap into that workaholic, Jeff, then it comes easier. You're more relaxed. It's more comfortable. You don't feel like you have to do stuff. You don't feel burned out. You feel prepared. You feel ready. And this has been really interesting for me in a workout perspective. You know, for those of you who knew me back when I started the gym and, you know, those 24, 25, 26, 27 year old Jeff was pretty hard lined uh, with his opinions on fitness. And it's not that I'm, uh, you know, not now. I've obviously softened up a little bit on some things. But what you find is that for years I operated in a recovery deficit. I operated in an exhausted state. And this is very prevalent in and around the, the CrossFit community is they don't do a lot of workouts where they feel amazing, where they feel well-rested, where they feel fresh, where they feel good. That's like not a lot of things that you hear around like CrossFit, especially on the competitor side. It's a lot of discussions about how sore they are and how beat up they are and how run down they are and how tired they are and all these different things. Not like, man, I feel good today. I'm ready to rock. I got all the energy in the world because I you know, slept 12 hours last night and watched two movies and hung around with my wife and enjoyed myself. 
It's like you don't get that. It's like, yeah, I did six workouts yesterday and I'm doing seven today and I'm on my third and I'm just, oh, I'm so beat up. I'm so exhausted. My knees hurt. My neck hurts. My back hurts. And what I found is that for years I operated in this deficit and I was in good shape. You know, it's not an in-shape question, but I operated with a lot of pain and I operated with a ton of fatigue. But I had this itching, burning sensation when I would take like full days off where I wouldn't do anything. You know, oh, this so-and-so competitor is getting ahead of me. You know, hey, we're going to be facing, you know, Froning and, uh, you know, Mayhem and all these guys at regionals this year. Like they're not going to be, they're not going to be sitting here, you know, having beers with friends on a weekend. They're not, they're not going to be doing that. Like I got to, I got to get up. I got to go to the track. And there's this like almost like a FOMO mentality and we take it so hard on ourselves in the in those times and we don't grant ourselves the grace of the moment to relax and enjoy so that when we do go and do the things that we want to do, we're refreshed. We feel good. We're excited about it. We look forward to it. And what's funny is as I've tried to tap into more of that self-grace and that self-belief is I'm doing some workouts now at as high of a level as I ever have with no pressure on the workouts. And I'm doing things physically at an older age with a lot of times with way less pain and way more, you know, enjoyment than I have in a long time because I just put no pressure on the workouts. I don't put any pressure on what I do or how I do. I don't concern myself too much with the time. You know, you un-PR, you have a worse workout. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me because I have the self-belief in that next week or in a couple of weeks, I'll have a workout that goes really well. And this is something for, especially for you guys who are newer in the workout environment is focus more on the consistency and the intention that you put into the days when you do show up and then tap into and listen, learn to listen to your body and to your mind and what it's telling you. And what I can tell you is as you start doing these things better And as you start being a little bit more forgiving with yourself, with your body, with your mind, with your decisions, you know, when you fail, you have the ability to just laugh and say, man, I screwed that up. Here's what I learned from it. And we're moving on. When you start to get that tuned in and dialed in, you're going to find that there's not a lot of things to be super anxious about. Time is on your side if you're young. And if you're not young, then all you have left to really focus on is just your own happiness. And so stress and that rocking chair of worry, you know, it's just you can either give into it and let it control and consume you. Or you can just sort of have that self-belief in that, you know, when when I need to push it, I'll push it. When I need to relax, I'll relax. And so as you guys kind of think about this, one of the reasons I like to tap into this and what I want to do with this series is is look into more of the whys. Why do these things happen? And I think a lot, you know, if you guys haven't recognized a lot of what we're going to talk about here is is our kids and our next generation and the, the things that we're doing to them or the systems that we're putting them inside of that are maybe causing some of this. And I've been obsessed with, you know, youth education really for a long time, but alternative youth education. And I'm fascinated by this idea of some of these, you know, East Asian um, kindergartens and lower elementary school as it would be in America, the ages of like five to 10. 
and some of this focus on like you know these outdoor jungle gym school mentalities i don't know if you guys have ever seen this before but it's a really fascinating prospect and i think one of the biggest things that we that we do a huge disservice to our kids on is we place them into these situations where you know, they feel like they have to do, they have to do homework, they have to show up to school, they have to go to class, they have to pay attention, they have to get the work done, they have to do this. And they get into sort of all these have to's and nobody really along that whole of any of those things I just said, nobody's ever really asking them what they want to do. Nobody's ever really engaging them in the process of, you know, using their body physically before they worry about a mental pursuit or really in any actuality asking them what mental pursuits they're actually interested in. And so, of course, that's going to lead to these processes of burnout. And if you guys ever went to school, I guarantee you at some point or another, you experienced that feeling of burnout. I don't want to do my homework. I don't care about this. And like for me, that started at like 10, 11, 12. It's almost like a sitcom joke in our society. Yet we all keep leaning into it. I don't want to do my homework. Well, what do you want to do? I want to go out and play with my friends. Okay, go. Go play with your friends. Who cares about the homework? And you know what? If they don't want to do it, they probably aren't interested in learning about it. And if they're not interested in learning about it, then it's probably not going to be that big of a deal for them in their lives. And I can guarantee you that as kids grow up, as they go through society, if they want to learn about something, if they are really interested in something, they will learn about it. They will tell you what they're really interested in. They will tell you what things they like doing, what things they want to go out and find their own pursuit of knowledge and information, and then watch them. They're not going to complain about the homework. They're going to be doing more than is needed. And if you think, like, let's take video games, right? Kids love video games, okay? Let's just, like, generalize. Not all kids, but let's say a lot of kids like video games, and you're like, well, you need to finish your homework before you play video games. Like, okay. Here's one of the things that I went through because I like playing video games as a kid. And I got really good at video games. And when you get really good at video games, you start to get down into the nitty gritty of computers because well, I played computer games specifically, but speed and performance of the computer start to make a big difference. So you start to learn how to build your own computer. And from building your own computer, you start to learn about things like operating systems and coding and some of these other things. That has massively benefited me and my small business ownership. And one of the biggest things that stands in the way of small business owners doing well, and a lot of the small business owners that I know, is converting their small business from analog to digital. And there's a massive amount of baby boomer businesses that are being sold right now that are all still analog, that are all still paper and pen and they're old school and their systems are bad and their websites are bad and their Google reviews are bad and they don't have text messaging with clients and all these different things. And they're outdated in that way. They're not ready for the next 20 or 30 years. And just that one process of leaning into your kid who might've been really interested in video games, 40, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road might pay massive dividends for them. And then guess what? Almost every single thing that I learned in school has not mattered at all. Almost, right? Some things like grammar, maybe writing a little bit. Some things. But I'm an incredibly fast typist. 
because of gaming. I learned all this stuff about computers. I converted business because of gaming. And so all of that time that I probably spent doing homework instead of playing video games really maybe should have been the opposite. And so if you guys haven't ever played these games a little bit to grant your kids some grace with the things that we are sort of on autopilot with telling them what they need to be doing all the time, try to look at things a little bit differently and try not to rush your kids and try to feel their burnout when they're too young to feel it themselves. Listen to what they're saying and have a communication process with them. Teach them how to tap into their own burnout. And help them learn how to manage that. I think one of the biggest problems I see in adults now is they don't know how to manage it. Some of the best people I know at managing it, there's a couple of people who come to the gym. And they take regular, routine, uh, silent retreats. Vacations where they just go off and the whole goal is to unplug and de-stress. Be out in nature. It doesn't have to be a silent retreat. It could just be... You know, a weekend at the cabin at Hocking Hills where we have no cell phones, we have no email, you're not tapped into anything, there's no stresses, there's nothing to be done. You know, you path out it on Friday morning and you spend the whole weekend there with just your spouse. You get the kids watched and you don't stress. But what kind of example are we saying for our kids if we are stressed all the time, if we are in this never-ending boat of pressure on ourselves and pressure for work and pressure for working out and pressure for this and then we're putting the pressure on them for school all the time and the whole time like we go through these you know year-long periods of like stress and just pressure and nobody's giving anybody grace and so the biggest thing guys is just be self-accepting of who you are and where you are Aspire to be better and aspire to grow and have an unwavering self-belief that you can do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. But that requires you to be in a non-stressed, feel good, be fresh, smiling and laughing environment. And if you guys ever look back on a time where you were maybe short with a spouse or short with your son or daughter or short with an employee at work, an employer at work, or you're getting agitated all the time, my guess is there hasn't been a lot of time where you felt like I'm just able to just chill out. I don't want to do anything today, so I'm not going to do anything today. And, you know, that that just goes such a long way. And so I think this is step one to happiness because I don't really believe if you look at those relationships we just talked about in your life, which a lot of what we're going to talk about is relationships. And a lot of what we talk about is, is how we spend time in those relationships. But I don't think that you can go out and have an engaging, enjoyable, fun relationship experience, whatever relationship that is for you, whether it's a friend, a family member, you know, a son, daughter, father, mother, um, whatever it is employer, employee, I don't think that you can have a good relationship unless you are in a good place, which requires us to take it easy sometimes and requires us to push ourselves a little bit sometimes, but to learn how to tap into those feelings. And so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I want us to take away from this today. Now, once you have that, once you prove to yourself over and over that you can give yourself grace that you can relax, 
and that you can come back from those relaxing things and be more productive. You can take, you know, two weeks or three weeks off of working out, or you can come just two days a week for a couple of months because that's all you have time for right now and still come back in and be able to push it and still come back in down the road and be, you know, hey, like look at yourself, kind of nod your head and go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good. You know, I'm not in bad shape. And this is it for me. You know, I had seven, six, seven months of a back injury last year. I didn't really work out. I didn't lift any weights ever. You know, I didn't do anything heavy. I didn't squat heavy and deadlift heavy and do anything. And last week I was able to still hit a near PR clean and jerk. And like, those are things where you're just like, oh, you're like, okay, like it's okay. It's okay that I took time off of weightlifting for almost a year because I knew when my body was ready that I would be able to go in and start pushing it again. And I could go in and do what my body could do on each given day. And once you have a few experiences of those under your belt, you'll start to realize when you get a setback or you get an injury, it's okay to take a week off. You know, or you get a, you're going to have some surgery, you're going to do this. It's okay to do that because I know that I can eat healthy and start exercising. I know that I can do that when I'm ready. When everything is aligned, I'll be dialed in. And so let me take a step back. Let me get some things aligned. Let me give myself some grace for this tough period we're about to go through. Right? We're about to have a kid. We're about to move. We're about to change jobs. I'm going to give myself a little grace going to maybe drop down to, you know, two times a week or, you know, whatever. But then I know I have this plan, the supreme confidence in myself that once that time is over, I am going to crank it up. I'm going to dial it up. I'm going to be motivated. I'm confident in myself that when that time comes that I will be ready. And if you talk to yourself like that, it allows you to have the best of both worlds. It allows you to have the maximum relaxation, that you know, work hard, play hard thing. It allows you to play as hard as you possibly can. Just come in and dominate playing hard. Like nobody rests better than I do. Nobody relaxes and takes hammock naps better than I do. And then come in when it's time to work hard, put in your work. Nobody's gonna come in and outwork me in the gym today, right? I'm going to come in with that mentality of like, I am here to put in work with intention. That means the coach tells me to go heavy, I'm going to go heavy. It means if coach tells me this is supposed to feel hard, it's going to feel hard. And if you have that confidence, it allows you to relax a little bit when you need to relax. And it's the same thing with relationships, same thing with your family, right? Is, you know, hey, I'm getting irritated all the time when I'm around my spouse right now. And we're just at each other's throats and we're just a little bit frustrated. And it's been that way for a couple of weeks now. I think we just need to like, why don't you go, you know, for a weekend, like I'm going to go out to this silent retreat or I'm going to go out and I'm going to grab, you know, a, a cabin on Airbnb at Hocking Hills, or I'm going to go out and I'm going to go camping or I'm going to call a couple friends and just spend some time away. We're just going to separate for three or four days. And then when I come back in, I'm going to be so much more excited to see you and spend time with you. And because we haven't talked for a couple of days, we'll have some stuff to talk about that's fresh. I'll tell you all about my trip or my silent retreat. Tell you about the things I read or the stuff I was thinking about. And we can come back in and we can be more excited to be engaged in that relationship. We don't have to be, you know, down at our cell phones and then agitated. These sort of cycles that we get into when we're feeling anxious and stressed all the time, what do we look for? We look for dopamine all the time, right? We, that's why we get stuck into these bad cycles. 
So if you guys haven't taken any time for a little bit to de-stress and give yourself a little bit of grace, take a step back for a weekend or two. This is a great time. A lot of people are taking vacations right now. If you guys are on vacation, just man, like (laughs) I want to tell you that you shouldn't be listening to the podcast, but uh, if you guys are on vacation, man, I hope you guys are just leaning into it so hard. I hope you guys are just out on walks. Like you don't see your cell phone for days. You're up early grabbing coffee and going for a walk on the beach, going for a walk in the mountains, taking bike rides, kayaking, canoeing, laughing, you know, trying new experiences. When you are out on vacation, like do these things, just go play as hard as you possibly can. And then when you come back, get back to work, right? Like come in with a, an attitude that like when you walk into work, people are like, dang, like you feel, you look refreshed. You sound refreshed. Like I'm getting energy just being around you right now. And there's been a couple of people who've come to the gym that I've said that that to them this week. It's just like your energy right now and the way like you look, I can just tell like you were not as stressed out as you were when you went. You seem happier. You were more engaged. You are happier right now. And that is leading over into me feeling like your joy, your relaxation, your happiness. And here you are now busting your butt in the gym and you're like, I was amped. I was ready to go today. I was excited to come in and work out. I'm ready to bring that energy. And man, when you're like around that, it just, it's so infectious. You just want to be a part of it. You want that with everybody in your life. And when you see the way that other people respond to them, like people want to be around them or your spouse wants to spend time with you, like everything is up from that. It's so cool. It's so fun. And when you see the opposite and you see somebody who is just ground down into the ground and you can tell that they're struggling to just, you know, keep breathing above water and they're just treading and they're so tired and they need a break in the worst way. When you're around that energy, it's tough. It doesn't, it doesn't like, I mean, even just talking about it, it makes me like, I feel sad. Like I, I feel, I feel bad for people that are in that boat. I want to help them and I want to give them energy. I want to help them get to that position. That's what this podcast is all about. And so just decide who you want to be. You know, there's, there's a guy, this is probably the last story I'll tell here and then we'll wrap it up for the day. But there's a guy, and I'll never forget this, 10 years ago, uh, this this month, I went on a trip to Europe and went all throughout Europe. And it was a, an organized trip with a group of people, a group of CrossFitters from all around the world that came in. And there were people from California and Canada, Brazil, uh, Iceland, Germany, all over the place. And they all kind of came in and we did a 10 or 12 day trip around a few different countries. And we worked out at different, dropped in at different gyms in each different city that we went to. It was a cool, cool thing. And if you guys ever want to check it out, uh, I want to say it's Go Anywhere with Blair Morrison is, is the name of it. And he's still doing them. He's doing them in Iceland, I think, actually this month. Um, so anyway, there's a guy on it. His name was Svenbjorn Svenbjornsson. And he was an original CrossFit Games athlete. You can look him up. And he was 
40 going on 16. And this guy was had the most staggering energy of anybody I've ever been around in my entire life. And it was the most infectious thing in the world. And he was kind of coarse. He was like a very opinionated, huge personality, um, you know, almost to the point where like if it was if he wasn't so like fun, it would maybe rub you the wrong way. And. I'll never forget it. And that's really honestly, like, I mean, I remember a couple other things from the trip, but honestly, like he is the thing that sticks out to me. And the most staggering thing to me was when we would go out, we'd go out and, you know, we'd go to the nightlife and granted with CrossFitters, like we, you know, we were working out at gyms every day. So it wasn't like we were really going crazy, crazy, but he would. And this guy's 40 and we're like, I'm like 25, 26. Most of the other people on the trip are are low to mid twenties. And he's, I think 42, 43, something like that at the time. And he would go out and he would drink and he would, he would go to brothels and he would sit, you know, stay at bars till two and then go and look for like massage parlors from two to four. And then he would go and get ice cream and gelato from four to five. And then he would meet us back at, at the the condo for, for the bus to go to the next city the next day and then he'd sleep on the bus like four or five hours and then we'd get to the gym and he'd kick everybody's butt in the gym and he'd talk trash the whole way and it was just this weird unreal experience like being around it i've never seen somebody who played as hard as he played was like as crazy as he was and then simultaneously turned around the next day and whooped everybody's butt in the gym. And he just had a blast doing it. Everything he did, he had a blast. And it was a very, you know, the people who have known him and who have been around him and who have met him, um, you know, they all have that same experience with him. Is it's He's just somebody who you meet. And if other people have met him and you bring him up, they just have like a smile out of the corner of their mouth. They're like, that dude, man, he's just, he's something else. And, you know, it really for a long time, uh, Omar was uh, sort of that same style of energy, right? Is just, you know, very, very rare to see Omar in a state where he was not high energy. And it's really fun. If you guys like think about people in your life who are that way, uh, it's it, you smile when you think about them. And that's always what we want to aspire to be. That's a, that is a key component to happiness is to have that, you know, endless, endless energy that people want to be around. And I think to do that, we have to grant ourselves some grace and we have to have that ability to accept our current state and understand when we maybe need to relax a little bit. And if we've been relaxing for an extended period of time, maybe you might say over relaxing, then it's time to get your ass to work. So I'm going to leave you guys there today. Um, you know, my book recommendations on some of this stuff, stuff that's helped me a lot with some of these, um, you know, self-acceptance, self-confidence, self-awareness. Uh, self-awareness is a huge component to this is Ryan Holiday's book. Obstacles the way, ego is the enemy, stillness is the key. And stillness is the key is the one that really gets to kind of what we're talking about here. Um, but I really liked uh, Ego is the Enemy and uh, Obstacles the Way were very, very impactful books. I love the trio. Uh, you can get the trio, I think, online for, for relatively inexpensive. Uh, listen to it, read it. Uh, I think I've read Obstacle three times now, Ego twice. And uh, you just, you can't read enough of the greats and they're just great books. And they do a great job of putting you in the right state mentally and helping you maybe think about some of these things a little bit differently. 
So I hope that this podcast did that a little bit for you. I hope that you guys are finding yourselves a little bit more free or maybe with a a plan of action or a course of action on which one you maybe need to do more of if you need to relax more or if you need to work more. If you guys are, are dialing in that happy medium, kudos to you. And thank you guys for listening very much to this podcast. Let's have a great week. Talk to you soon.